0: Hi everyone, thank you for joining us today on Eagle Eye. Every week we have exclusive interviews with your favorite BC student athletes, professors, alumni, and more.
1: Make sure to follow The Heights on Instagram and Facebook to recommend guests you'd like to hear from us. You can catch up on the latest headlines on The Heights Facebook and Twitter pages every Monday.
0: Today is exciting because we have a special guest, Nick Polisi, a long-tenured Heights staff member who is most experienced in uh, BC men's hockey uh, and women's hockey. Uh, Nick is a junior from New York and majors in accounting and Carroll School of Management. Uh, Nick, thanks for coming on. Can you uh, please introduce yourself briefly?
2: Hey guys, first thanks for having me on the podcast. Excited to talk some hockey. But uh, yeah, like you said, I've been I'm a junior here at BC now, and I've been you know I joined the the heights of the freshman, and it's really been getting you know I love been a hot, big hockey fan since I've been a kid, so it's been really awesome to be able to cover this team for the past two years and really you know get to go to all the games, get you know meet Jerry York and. Yeah, have a relationship with him has been really awesome so I really enjoyed it I'm happy to talk with you guys about it
1: yeah it's really cool I mean BC hockey it's one of the besides football it's the biggest sport here at BC Definitely. so could you think you could just give like a brief overview of like BC season so far and like just your quick thoughts on it yeah so
2: coming in uh, I think coming into this year there's a little less expectations we had a great class of players last year leave Spencer Knight Alex Newhook and Matt Baldy all went professional so losing those three guys was sort of put a damper on the expectations, but you know, it's still have a solid foundation piece. You know, a Jerry York team is never out. You never can be uh, counted out. And if we had a great senior class come back guys like McLaughlin, Jack McBain, Patrick Giles, some more leadership players that have been here for a while. So it was more of a veteran squad than maybe that flashy young talent like last year. And so the expectations maybe weren't there as much, but like I said, you still got to expect, you know, to BC hockey every year is still going to be a competitive team, but it's been a rocky start. I mean, if you just go through it, we're, they're sitting at 8, 5, and 2, which doesn't sound terrible at face value, but they've had some losses that you probably wouldn't expect. Yeah, like played.
1: Colorado College, right? And Yeah, teams Colorado like
2: College was bad. Bentley was a game they probably would expect to win. Even they've dropped one to Merrimack, which I actually covered that one in person, but I remember that. They very rarely ever lose to them, so that was a bit surprising. So there's just been a lot of up and down, and even just going through the schedule right now, actually, they've, actually, they've never – pocket typically plays a friday saturday like two games per weekend and they have not been able to sweep a weekend series yet which is yeah, pretty, pretty explain, right yeah they've been splitting pretty much every series which is a little scary i guess but hopefully you know big game, big win on tuesday and they got a big game tonight against bu so hopefully get some momentum going
0: so uh, yeah i guess talking about specifically like the bu game tonight um i know bu's like uh one ranking lower than bc is right now um they've kind of had uh like equally disappointing seasons, I'd say, um, um, kind of both dropping some games here and there. Um, how do you think BC is going to fare tonight? Um, and what's kind of their uh, strategy um, looking forward? Yeah, so yeah, like you said, BU's been struggling as well this year, which is, you know,
2: it's pretty odd to see the two powerhouses of Boston both struggling at the same time. You don't see that very much. Dropping similar, like the games I was mentioning, BU's dropped those games too. So but, uh, you know, I think always both these teams play up, you know, play up to their opponent when they face off against each other. And it's always a heated matchup. Last year, the first time they played, like, it went to overtime. Hellison scored a crazy goal to win. But then the next day, BU won the game. So it's always pretty even no matter really where the record stands. And I just think BC's really just got to be, you know, play a full 60 minutes. I think this throughout the year they've been playing, you know, one good period and one bad. And then it's, they've sort of, you know, struggle to you know, get the result they want. So I think if they just play a full 60 minutes, sort of like they did on Tuesday against Brown, they can go into
1: BU and maybe pull out a victory and get hot. Would you, would you say they're, like, expected to win versus BU? Because I know BU has been struggling.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess probably. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I feel like these two teams, it's always a toss-up. And especially being on the road, I guess, this probably makes it a little bit harder. But mm-hmm. I guess looking at, you know, I guess stats and, you know, how the team's been playing lately, I guess BC would be seen as a favorite. But BU played a good weekend. They swept New Hampshire last weekend, so that's good. That's a team that always seems to give BC a little bit of trouble. So maybe BU's finding it as well. But we'll see. Hard to really, I guess, hard to give you a, sh- a straight answer on that one.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. But, I mean, BC, they, they took off for, like, 18 days, right, because because of the COVID scare on their team. Like, how has that affected, like, their season? So, like, these past few games, I know they just beat Brown, but, I mean, is that going to, like, be – is that going to come back to bite them later in the season in pl- playoffs, you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a long layoff, you know, is never – never what you really want especially like you have this game then it's another break for the holidays so it's sort of weird timing to have an 18-day hiatus but uh you know when speaking to coach york after the game on tuesday you know he said he's impressed you know there really wasn't much rust they came out and played a really good game against brown even though probably an inferior opponent that they should beat it was a game that you know they didn't really show the rust they came out quick scored the first goal getting chances all night so I think they could use, you know, every team could use time off, but it might make things tougher down the line. A few games, the two games they missed actually got rescheduled I'm pretty sure this morning, actually. So they're playing a game against Harvard and Notre Dame that were canceled due to the COVID. And now I guess that makes, you know, tightens up the schedule as you go on down the stretch. So we'll see. I guess it could hurt them in that sense, you know, playing a lot more than they probably normally would. But uh we'll see. I mean, I think it it probably boded well for some guys, some of the veterans that were, you know, playing a lot of minutes, guys on the back end like. Hellison, Marshall Warren, two of the top defensemen who, you know, log a lot of ice time, and St. Ivany as well. So I think it could help some guys like that. But, yeah, like I said,
1: it probably could, you know, maybe cause some problems down the line. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Because, you know, you don't, um, could I mean, could hurt them down the line, but could also benefit them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it really could go either way.
1: Depends yeah. how, how they use that time.
0: Right. Yeah, I know you mentioned um, uh, Mark McLaughlin, who scored, like, two glows, uh last game in this round. Um, Do you see him having a big game uh, against BU or kind of continuing that stretch?
2: Yeah, my nickname I gave him was Captain Clutch. I feel like he scores every game. And it was actually, we all thought from the press box, he had a hat trick that game against Brown. And it turned out that at the the end of the game, we got the score sheet and they gave the goal to Giles instead. So we all thought he had a hat trick until the very end. But he always just, I feel like he always steps up in the big games. And he's really evolved. I mean, past couple of years when, you know, I had the talent, like I mentioned before, like New Hook and Boldy. He was more of a third line gritty guy would score some big goals, but, you know, not maybe not as consistently as he has this year. And I think he's really stepped up and become well, he's the leading goal scorer on the team now, which I guess you probably wouldn't have thought last year. He was always more of that perfect third line guy. But now he's developing to a top line goal scorer, which has been impressive to see. But yeah, I mean, always if you pick up, you're betting on a guy to score tonight for BC. It's always, always got to go with Captain McLaughlin.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely been great this season. But can you talk a little bit about uh, BC's goalie, Eric Dopp? Because I know earlier in the season, like, he maybe wasn't necessarily playing his great, greatest, uh, letting up some some goals he shouldn't have. But I think he's definitely stepped up his game, especially since BC's come back from COVID. So how do you think he's been playing just overall this season? Yeah, I think, like I said, he had a rough start. I think it's a, definitely an adjustment coming from a school like Bowling Green to mm-hmm.
2: the different sort of, you know, Def, definitely tough division. Hockey is one of the toughest places to play. But I think he's settled in. And even every game I talk to York after, and York's been more impressed by the game. Against Brown on Tuesday, only had, I think it was 15 or 16 saves. But he was really, York said, you know, kept him in the game. And there was a big save early in the first period on a breakaway chance when BC was only up one nothing, And he made this big stop. So, you know, if he let that in, it's a probably completely different game. So I think, yeah, he's settled in. He, you know, it's tough to come – and replicate what Spencer Knight did last year. I don't think anybody can, but I think Mm -hmm. he's done done his good job and I think he's only getting better and hopefully, you know, brings BC back to glory. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I I just remember, um, like, as a freshman last year, seeing Spencer Knight basically hold down the the team every night. And if the offense wasn't working, like, you could basically just rely on him. And I couldn't imagine, like, Doc coming in and trying to fill those shoes, like, right away. Um, It just seems like a lot, Um, even for a graduate student, um, Pretty
2: impossible. Knight's a special talent. I mean, even after BC, he was playing in the NHL a month after he left BC, which is pretty impressive. And he's been on—he's on Florida now, and they've been—they're been, they're one of the, I think they're best team in NHL right now, actually, standing wise. And he's been playing a big part in that. So he's not the—he's. They have another goalie there too, Bobrovsky in Florida. So he splits time, but he's—he's he's been good when he's in there. So wow,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know, um, like they've also lost, uh, like you mentioned, like Matt Boldy, uh, Alex Newhook uh mike hardman um and they have like this kind of new core um which is more experienced like that like it returned a lot of players um but also have some guys like some sophomores um like i think um uh, trevor Kuntar, uh amon powell some of those guys uh, how have they kind of stepped up and taken a bigger role uh with some of the nhl guys leaving?
2: yeah so so they've also stepped up guys like Nestor anko is now a sophomore he's playing on the top line McBain. Ambrosio has been a solid middle six forward, putting up 11 points, which is pretty good for a third liner. Got Like you said, Kuntar, same sort of thing. He's on the second line right now with McLaughlin. So they're all, I think they elevated their roles and they were more seen as depth guys last year that really weren't expected to put up the numbers. Now they're seen as, I guess, you know, reliable middle depth, middle depth scoring, which they, this team needs without those big scores. So. But yeah, I think that's you know sort of a new core of guys and McBain and McLaughlin. This is their last year. So next year, guys like Nestorenko and, and Kuntar and Ambrosio, they're gonna have to step up and lead the offense. So but I'd like the I like the development I've seen. They've been much more noticeable on the
1: ice than they were last year. Overall, um, I know as a freshman coming into BC, everyone always talks about BC hockey as a team that like has a chance to really compete every single year. Do you see this team like being able to make a run in the tournament or is this just not the year in general? Uh, I mean,
2: I'd probably be less confident this year than I was last year. I mm-hmm. just think this, this team, but if they are battle tested. They played all of these guys have played in a lot of big games before they have experience unlike maybe a little bit less than the teams that did last year. But I think I just been, you know, when I speak with like fellow beat reporters about the team, I just think like, they, I feel like they lack a little bit of that natural talent ability that you saw guys like new hook and Boldy could have bad games and still come out with three points while the guys this year, if they're not, not they're bad players, but sort of a different kind of player. They're more of that gritty or they, you know, grind for those points rather than maybe just naturally have any, you make it just make it look easy out there. So I think it's, maybe they lack that natural talent, but they're more battle tested. Maybe that could bode well, but then again, last year, they went to the NCAA tournament, lost to St. cloud. the cream and win the hockey East tournament last year. So they struggled and I guess in the tournament games last year. So I guess it's hard to say it could, be better than that, but you never know. They can make a run. They have the experience. They have probably the best coach in all of college hockey, so you really can never count them out.
0: Yeah, I just remember, like, I I think it was a game against Holy Cross. They went up like 9-0 and just looked unstoppable on the offensive side, and this season, you kind of haven't really seen that as much. Um, Like, I don't think they've scored over six goals, Um, although, like, the deficit's been pretty low. Um, Like, I I don't think and just looking at the schedule in general, like they pretty much held every team to like around two, three goals, um, something like that. So it's not, not that bad. Um, but the offensive side is um, probably clearly like coming together a bit more, um, which is just interesting to see. Big
2: point, I thought actually the power play has been a lot better than I would have expected. They're coming around, they're scoring around 25 percent of the time. So that's a pretty good number, which is helping the offense for sure.
1: You think there's something that the offense needs to do to take that next step, or is it just like figuring it out a lot as the season goes goes on? Yeah, I think it's figuring it out. I think it's I think York's gonna continue to you know
2: mess around with his lines a little bit and move guys up and down and see what you know combos really work, come playoff time and really you know, this stretch this not been a great start, but the problem is it's only gonna get harder with their opponents. If you just look down the schedule, yeah. they play Providence twice in January, then they go February, they have the bean pot. Then end of February into March, they play two, two games each against Northeastern, BU and UMass. That's going to be the test of the season. And it just stinks that, you know, the team probably would have liked to rack up some more points early on and have some breathing room for those games. But now it looks like those are probably all going to potentially be do or dies down the line. So hopefully you could figure out those combos and really get the offense moving by that time. Who do you think is their biggest threat in the hockey East? I think this year Northeastern is the team uh you but it's really it's, it, it, these teams are all really really good and mm-hmm. the rankings sort of in hockey it's tough like the rankings are hard to really use and really like navigate who's the yeah. best because the records are never like amazing like you wouldn't think an eight five and two team would be ranked like in a, you know in a different sport mm-hmm. and similar to be BU, used records six and nine yet they're going to be ranked so it's sort of based on talent more so those rankings are tough and it's hard to really just go off records but i think northeastern has been consistently the best team in the hockey east this year like they are a lot so we'll see the beam pot will put that on display i think that'd be fun to watch
1: didn't we beat northeastern earlier in the year though
2: yeah so that's actually a one point i was actually going to make they play i feel like this team just played up some good opponents while playing down to some of the bad opponents okay. i mentioned so they beat northeastern early in the year that was a great game Conti form was electric and similarly they beat denver who's always a national powerhouse beat mm-hmm. them convincingly five to one so like those are two games you'd say yeah they could go either way then they they drop those games like we said Colorado College Bentley Vermont like there's just some games that you think they're going to win that they don't and the games you think ah they probably they might not have a chance they come out and surprise us so it's really been a lackluster start to the year.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Like I remember like that first game against Northeastern at home, like um, kind of the first game back in like two years since they've had like actual fans in the stadium. Um, like as a junior, I don't know if you maybe remember from like your freshman year what the atmosphere was like then compared to now. Like, Has it changed much or is it just um, like mostly the same in terms of fan engagement?
2: Yeah, that first actually I actually said that night I was I actually didn't cover that game. I went as a fan. So I was in the student section and all that. And actually that night was probably the loudest I've seen it for a hockey game in my time here, surprisingly. But I think it's sort of dwindled down a little bit since then. I even I remember when I covered the Denver game and this like the bleachers were pretty much empty until the second period started so I was a little disappointed and surprised that's a pretty big game but I think uh the fan experience I think should get better as the bigger games roll in I guess cuz we haven't seen those BU's and Northeastern on the schedule since that night but uh yeah for my freshman year games were busy not not saying they weren't busy but uh I think that night Northeastern was the biggest but the Beanpot was also also a special experience you guys haven't got to go to that yet right no yeah. So we, I went, we, we lost in the first game. So we only got to go to one game, but that was also a cool night. Went, went there with my friends that Monday night, but uh, that was a brutal loss. It went to against BU. It was double overtime Monday night. I think, I don't think I got home to my dorm until like 1230 at night after that game. And we lost, so it was pretty brutal and getting out of uh, TDR was impossible. So it was, <laughs> it was a long night for a rough loss, but the atmosphere at that, that, that place was awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely excited for Beanpot this year. Would you say that like Beanpot's like one of the best like fan experiences here at BC?
2: Yeah, I, I loved it as a hockey fan. You know, it's just mm-hmm. the four really good teams against each other in the city at a you know a national venue rather than a you know the arena. It's a different feel. You're walking through like the concourse TV Garden. It just feels different, and it feels like all right, this is a playoff game. Yet yeah, it's in the middle of February. So it's really it's a cool feel. And I like how they put it, sort of in the middle of the season. So it's like you get a mini playoff, and then the actual and the other real tournaments,
1: you know, rolling after. Yeah, definitely. You you talk about how like you've developed your relationship with uh, Jerry York, and he's been coaching here forever. And this might be kind of um, I don't know, weird type of a question, but like how how much longer do you think he can and will coach here at BC? Because I mean, everything has to come to an end eventually. Of- <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, just look, he's 76 years old, but he, you know, still acts like he's done yeah. that, but he's, you know, he's a pleasure to talk to really a nice guy. It's hard to understand sometimes his Boston accents really strong. So <laughs> it's funny like, while I'm you know, recording the interviews after the game, the, the, the trans uh, transcriber never gets it right. So it's pretty funny to read what they think he's saying versus what he actually is saying. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard for us writers to we miss some of the quotes sometimes like the little filler words, but uh, he's really a great guy. And I think, I mean, look, I think it's, you know, 76 years old. He just got inducted into the hall of fame. Recently, I want to say say it was in 2020, but now they're going to put him in this year because of everything we played. But uh, I think he's got a few more years left and hopefully he's a great recruiter. So I'm excited to see if he can bring some more talent, maybe get one get one more championship on his way out. But I guess good things like like you said, all good things come to an end. So it's probably looking maybe a few more four or five years, probably tops. I don't know if he'd go much into his 80s.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully hopefully he stays for as long as I'm here at BC. Hope he makes it through at least your guys' Yeah, at the the time. definitely.
0: Right, yeah. And I know I, I actually didn't know, but he was actually inducted into the Hall of Fame as a player too, which is pretty cool. All right. Um, so he's got that whole BC lineage <laughs> yeah, going. He's BC hockey and one guy, yeah.
1: Um, Nick, so I'm, you're a junior now. Uh, How much do you th- – and obviously you've been covering the team since freshman year. Has the team, like, really cha- changed that much since freshman year? Do you think, like, there's been a different vibe or anything? Or – just any growth or do you think we're more in like a rebuilding stage now?
2: I think the first two years were sort of like, I think, I'm not sure how to say this exactly, but I think there was more expectation. We haven't really Mm -hmm. had, that was one of the best freshman classes. I think this school has probably ever had, or at least in the past decade or so they had three top 15 picks on one team at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think the expectations were there. Plus they had some veterans, a guy like David Cotton was the captain one of my, during my freshman year. So they had a guy like Cotton who's a consistent point per game winger plus New Hook, plus Boldy, plus Knight. So they had like the, you know, the, the big stars plus the now freshman stars. So then the second year was sort of the freshman stars and now sophomores. They're the guys. Now they, they left after their sophomore year. So now it's the veterans that have been there the whole time leading, leading the show. So it's I think it's three different seasons and sort of a transition each one. So it's been, I guess it's tough. I don't, I wouldn't say it's really a rebuild. It's more of a, continuation of what's been going on just maybe minus a little bit of that talent that you were were blessed with the past two years.
0: It's so tough to fill those shoes I can't imagine like from a player's perspective like coming out of COVID um, where you feel like there's an interruption in the season every like so week. like in the football team they had like the flu that took out half the team pretty much Um, and trying to kind of replicate that success that's been so like held to a, such a high standard, um, it must be really tough. I like, I can't really imagine uh, yeah. trying to do that. And the players,
2: York was saying, the players were stuck in their dorms for 10 days, even with the vaccinations, you know, we all were required to have them to come to campus. Uh, players still had to, you know, go through the whole isolation phase. And it's, you know, it's tough when hockey's a sport really, you know, it depends rhythm. It's not an individual sport like baseball, right? You get, you know, get, get your swing back. It's hockey, you know, if you're in, out of sync with your linemates, you're not going to do anything. So that's why a sport like hockey, I think it's tougher when you're, you know on the shelf for two weeks not you know practicing with your teammates and getting in the groove especially like a power play that's why i was so impressed i know it was a team like brown but tuesday really looked like they had to miss the beat so i was impressed to see that
1: yeah nick um, i'm not sure how much you follow bc basketball but um we recently beat notre dame there's been like a lot of excitement like within the student body and on twitter just about like bc basketball in general do you think that bc basketball will ever like reach the provenance that BC hockey has been for these past I don't even know how many years or do you think BC will always be in the winter a hockey a hockey school
2: yeah I mean I like basketball too hockey's still my favorite sport but I've enjoyed it too I was at the game I was actually at that in our game so that was a fun night but uh I mean I I love the new coach I think he's really brought a lot of energy to this program that we haven't seen in probably a decade I covered a few basketball games with Christian just the energy really wasn't there when he was at the helm I felt Mm -hmm. really Fans didn't even want to go. we just get killed by these big teams. An occasional upset maybe once a year. But besides, that really wasn't any hope. I think Grant brought some hope. But I just think being, like, in this northeast Boston area, I think hockey is always going to be the sport here and just in this region. I really don't think – I think even how good basketball – I think hockey is still going to be, you know, the sport yeah.
1: in the winter. Especially with, like, BC's consistently great recruiting. Like, I just don't, don't see basketball being able to top yeah. it. Do I even though Grant's done a pretty good job, his class
2: was ranked higher than yeah um, definitely typically but typically would be, but I just still think like still yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I guess also kind of transitioning to like the women's uh, hockey team. Um, how, how have your kind of thoughts been towards them this season? I know they they've kind of uh, experienced the same kind of struggles. Um, they're ten and seven right now. Um, kind of gone some losing streaks um, like in November and stuff like that. How have how do you perceive them so far?
2: Yeah, they started off really. I'm pretty sure there was six and zero. I know I covered the game and made it six to zero, and then it sort of went all downhill from there. But I think that was a lot of sort of like I was saying before. The men's wait till February and March to play those big time teams. The women's it sort of started right away, so they had to face Northeastern, Harvard, and Providence all in a row, and they ended up only taking one out of those five games. So that sort of set you back, and that's why the record looks the way it does. But even BU too, I missed that one. But I think. uh, they played a good weekend. I watched the game on Saturday. They beat Maine in overtime. So I think they, they sort of, it's like a, to me, the women's team is more of a trend. It's been the same talent has been there for the past three years. It's sort of the same names I've been covering since freshman year. So it's exciting to see them grow, but it's sort of a replication every year. I feel like it's, they've been up and down consistently. They beat some good teams, lose some bad teams. And it's sort of, I don't really know if there's I guess the, a, a real sense of we can be so much better than we are. It's sort of been a, around this mark for a while.
1: How good is a uh, freshman Abby Newhook been? Cause I, I see that you just won a hockey East player of the month. I mean, that, that's yeah, really
2: impressive. She's fun to watch actually. She's a pretty explosive player, just like her brother in the pro and NHL now pretty cool. to get you know, both new hooks at BC. It would have been cooler if they were together for a year, but I understand that Alex is ready to go pro and, He scored a big goal against my Rangers the other night in the pro. So it was tough to swallow that, but it was cool to see him doing well up up there. But uh, yeah, she's pretty special. She's having a good year, 12 points in 14 games. And sort of similar to the guys last year, like she's not expected to be a leader yet. She's a, you know, she's only a freshman. They have some stars in place. Players like Hannah Bilka and Kelly Brown have been, you know, being per game players pretty much since they got to BC and been a couple of years. So I think new hooks, you know, she had the time to, get adjusted, meet her, you know, get to adjust to her line mates, then eventually she'll take that step and become the next star of this team. But she's got a lot of potential. And she's fun to watch.
0: Yeah. We actually, uh, we had her on the podcast um, just a couple of oh. weeks ago. And um, like, yeah, she, it is cool to see how like she took so much inspiration from her brother um, and just to see her um, kind of take that step on the, on the team so far.
1: No. Yeah. I think, well, um, hopefully both men's and women's hockey just start after the, I mean, bc men's slow starts to the season picking up and women's hockey after a bit of a losing stretch hoping they both pick it up as the season goes on but um yeah unless amen you have any more questions uh nick thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate you having us on this coming on this episode as a guest yeah thanks for having me on guys it was great to talk hockey yeah, yeah thank totally you. thank you again nick for joining us we hope everyone enjoyed our interview and thanks again for listening to eagle
0: eye Uh, Be sure to keep up with the latest episode of Eagle Eye featuring prominent guests from Boston College, as well as our THR podcast posted on the Heights Facebook page, uh, Instagram and Spotify every Monday uh, for Boston College's latest news.
1: Also, make sure to keep up with our social media at BC Heights on Instagram and Twitter and the Heights on Facebook.
0: Don't forget to give us suggestions on who you want to hear and what you want to hear about.
1: Thanks again, everyone, for listening and be sure to be back here soon for another episode of Eagle Eye.